0: Welcome from All Good Tales, it's Media Moments, a show about those strange, unique, weird and often bizarre times when the world changed forever in an instant. I'm Jack Murray. In this episode, we look at the story of how Ireland's economic fate was sealed when the bankers came calling at our door. Here's a media moment that changed the world forever. Forever. the time when you have to stand up and be counted. You have to cut through the noise and shout stop. You've got to rise up and take control of the situation. This is about one of those moments. It's the 18th of November 2010. Irish Central Bank Governor Patrick Honaghan is in Frankfurt for the meeting of the Governing Council of the European Central Bank. It's a dark, cold and damp morning. Honohan is there for the regular twice-monthly meeting. On the agenda on this day is the upgrading of their computer system. But he has far more weighty matters on his mind. He's troubled by the financial picture back home in Dublin. For the last few weeks, the storm clouds have been gathering and he's restless. He's just read the Financial Times and it put him right off his breakfast. He was governor for just over a year and was a popular choice for the job. He has a stellar CV. He has lectured in the London School of Economics, the University of California, and about UCD and Trinity. He had served in the World Bank and for previous Irish governments. During the dark days of 2008, he proved to be an invaluable source of advice for Finance Minister Brian Lenihan. He developed a reputation as a straight talker, calling it as he saw it.
1: Witch hunt is no good to anybody. What we want to do is go behind the glib statements that are made about what, why things happened in the way they did, and really try to dig and see, put the finger on any processes, any structures in our whole system that really contributed to this.
0: But the previous few months had been difficult for both the Central Bank of Ireland and for Honaghan. In September of 2010, the sticking plaster that was the four-year banking guarantee ran out and the pressure was mounting. At the annual International Monetary Fund meeting in early October, they had started planning for a possible Irish bailout. Brian Lanahan was sounding out what the rescue package for Ireland would look like. But all the time, nobody was talking to Middle Ireland the mere mention of the word bailout was banned. And as the weeks passed, Honhan was becoming more and more concerned. He could see that confidence was ebbing away from the banks, with billions of euros flowing out of the economy. Just four days before this morning, a team of Irish negotiators went to Brussels to have informal talks with the European Commission, the European Central Bank and the International Monetary Fund, known as the Troika, a word in a group we'd all get to know very well. At this stage, Brian Lenehan was particularly paranoid and insisted that the talks did not take place in Dublin. Honehan found this troubling and as the week went on, the strain on the Irish government and the financial system grew. Lenehan was getting tetchier and reacted angrily to Honehan telling him that the European Central Bank had already advanced £90 billion to the Irish banks and wanted Ireland to formally apply for a bailout. Adding more fuel to the fire... The Financial Times editorial appearing on This Morning spoke of a run on the Irish banks. Honaghan had to act. Something had to give. Someone had to cut through the noise and speculation and settle the nerves. Somebody had to talk to Middle Ireland. From a wet and dreary Frankfurt, Patrick Honaghan lifted the phone and dialed RTE's Morning Ireland.
1: Good morning, it's 7 o'clock on Thursday the 18th of November on RT Radio 1. This is Morning Ireland with Rachel English and Cahill McCullough.
2: Today the IMF arrive with a Keisha consisting they're not here to bail us out. The we'll
0: person who answered was three sports three reporter Des Cahill. He knew something was up. In this moment, Patrick Honohan was about to change the direction of Ireland forever. Let's go back just over a week to see how we got to this. It had been a case of bailout. What bailout? There's nothing to see here. Move along, please. Every member of government from the Taoiseach Down had been quick to deny any talk of a bailout. Brian Lanahan went on BBC's Newsnight and tried to mount a spirited defence of Ireland's financial outlook. But Jeremy Paxman wasn't buying it.
2: Well, earlier I spoke to the Irish finance minister, Brian Lenehan. I began by asking him whether he could guarantee that Ireland wouldn't have to go to the European Union for a
0: bailout. Absolutely. We intend to return to the markets next year and we intend to fund ourselves. That's our plan. We have put our public finances on a sustainable basis in the last two years. Why don't people believe you? Well, it's not a matter of belief or non-belief. Well, with it, respect, markets make it, markets make their assessments, and their yes, and their assessment that. Is, is that Irish debt is very, very expensive. Then, speaking on RTE's news, Justice Minister Dermot Ahern was particularly strong in his remarks.
1: It is fiction, uh, because uh, what we're, we want to do is get on with the business of. Uh, bringing forward the four-year plan uh, dealing with the budget, the first budget which is the part of that, a very important part uh, and that's where all our energies
0: are Fiction, and outright denial The following day, Ahern, complete with his hard neck was trotted out again this time with Minister of Transport Noel Dempsey as his wingman It was a bright, crisp day and the two men addressed the media outside Leinster House
1: Well, I'm I'm not aware of it, nor is Noel, and uh, I've spoken to Brian Lennon today, and uh, he will be uh, going to that meeting and uh, obviously articulating Ireland's position and will obviously be part of any... Uh, you know, initiatives that uh, the the council uh, takes uh, in conjunction with the European Commission. Um, I mean, the main thing is because of the pressure that is on the euro generally, uh, it's important that uh, member states work, work together and act together.
0: Dempsey, who kept dumb for the entire interview, save for a single no under his breath at the beginning, shakes his head in an exaggerated fashion as Ahern continues to deny the sky is falling in. There'll be no bailout. Taoiseach Brian Cowan comes out with more of the same. Everyone is on message.
1: There has been no dictation to anybody. What we're involved in here is working with colleagues in respect of currency problems and euro issue problems that are affecting Ireland, and are affecting other countries.
0: The message was clear, wasn't it? Everywhere you looked and any question you asked ended in one answer. Ireland was fully funded into the middle of next year. And so it went over and over and over again like a hypnotic trance. Clearly
1: we're pre-funded right up to the middle of next year.
0: Ireland is fully funded until the middle of next year. The Irish state is fully funded into the middle of next year. The Irish sovereign is funded uh, well until the middle of uh, next year. Prefunded. Fully funded. Fully funded. Fully funded. funded. Prefunded. Funded. Fully funded. Fully funded. But what if being fully funded into the middle of next year was a bad thing? What if it meant there'd be no money left for anything on the 1st of July 2011? That's how the world was seeing it. But there was a collective state of denial, an unwillingness to recognise the stark reality. Let's go back to Morning Ireland.
2: And you're welcome back to Morning Ireland. The time now is coming up to 23 minutes to 8 o'clock. Des Cahill is here with the sport.
0: Good morning, Rachel. Reaction to Irish soccer team defeat to Norway in a moment. But first minutes after Cahill finished his report, the phone in the newsroom rang. It's Patrick Honahan said the voice on the other end of the line. Straight away, Cahill realised the significance of the call. He asked Honahan if he'd like to go live on air. Honahan confirmed that he would. Cahill took his number and ran into the studio. Patrick Honahan went live to the nation at 8.14am. He was telling a very different story from the one we'd heard all week.
2: The right, MS. so are we so then it's not talking a about a loan?
1: It is a, it is a loan, yes.
2: And you can confirm that they will be giving us a loan?
1: Well, if it's agreed. If it's agreed, of course, yes.
2: And when you say if it's agreed, I mean, why else would they be here?
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, the intention is and the expectation is on their part and, and personally on my part that uh, that the negotiations uh, or our discussions will be effective and that uh, a loan will be uh, made available and drawn down as necessary.
0: We were getting a bailout, a massive one.
2: When you say very substantial, are we talking tens of billions, 60, 70 billion maybe?
1: Tens of billions, yes.
0: Tens of billions, yes. And there you have it. The word was out; it couldn't be unsaid now. We were getting a bailout. Things moved very quickly. Three days later, there was a hastily arranged Sunday night press conference. Brian's Cowan and Lenehan would confirm what we already knew. The troika—remember them—were coming to town. A.J. Chopra and the IMF would become a familiar sight at government buildings, back and forth between the Marion Hotel and the Department of Finance. Patrick Honaghan's call to Morning Ireland didn't set the wheels in motion for a bailout. That was already happening. He just told the truth. The Emperor had no clothes. He didn't play politics or worry about bruised egos. Brian Lenehan was furious for what he had done. Honaghan knew he'd be unhappy. He did it anyway. He'd had enough. He shouted stop. He spoke to Middle Ireland. Media Moments is brought to you by All Good Tales. There's only one way to resonate, and that's with a story. If you need to connect with your audience, we can help you. We help people tell great stories through podcasts, brand newsrooms, PR, presentations, and strategy. Find us at All Good Tales on Twitter, or email story at allgoodtales.com. Media Moments can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This episode was written by Thomas Kelly and me, Jack Murray. Production and research was by Anna Henderson and sound supervision was by Al Dunn at Unique Media. Join us next week when we tell the story of Princess Diana telling the world what it was really like being married to the royals.